0: Amen. Well, you know, we're moving towards Easter. I hope that you're going to make every effort to be here every Sunday as we um, travel through up to the Easter mark. And, you know, I, I thought to myself, you know, I want to start by making you think seriously about Easter. I really want you to think seriously about Easter. So I brought something with me to help you to start thinking seriously about Easter. So, uh, here it is. This will definitely help you to start thinking seriously about Easter. And you know, the wonderful thing about being an adult, right? wonderful thing about being an adult is that you can buy Easter eggs anytime, you know? And um, when I was a kid, I used to like what was inside the Easter egg. You just love it, you know, you get the Easter egg, you open it up, and, you know, you want to get to see what's inside the Easter egg. So I I just love um, Easter egg, and what I do normally is that I um, find a quiet spot in my house where no children can find me, because, you know, as an adult, I can handle a whole egg. (laughs) So, you know, I, I find a quiet spot, and I just open up this Easter egg. There it is. And then when I open it up, I, I take my time over this. You know, it's a, you know you got to take your time, and I normally pull the Easter egg out and I look at the golden wrapper. That's what I do first, and and, and after looking at the wrapper for a little while, I just, <laughs> just smell the chocolate. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you know what I'm talking about, right? I just smell the chocolate and you know and I make sure no one's coming down the stairs or down the hallway my kids are in bed and I begin to peel back the paper Grant me and you later on okay back hall I'll share this with you and I just peeled it back and the chocolate reveals itself oh you know that's just a nice feeling you know and I know that me and this chocolate are going to do business together soon, you know. I just love, I love that bit. And, but mainly I want to see what's inside their Easter egg. You know, I'm young, you know, I, you shake it and I know there's something inside, the Easter egg. And, and, you know, when I open it up, sure enough, there's something inside this Easter egg. Do you want to know what's inside this Easter egg? Yeah. I know you do. But, you know, I'm going to tell you later on in my message today, so if I remember, I might open it up again. We know that Easter is not about bunnies. but In fact, there's two men that appear in our Easter story throughout the, um, leading up towards the, the, uh, the crucifixion. Two men and, and these two men, are, I'm going to look at one this week and the next the other one the following week, but these two men are, are very major in the, in the build-up towards the crucifixion. And The first one, you probably guessed now, because you see the title on the screen, is Judas Iscariot. I want to look at Judas Iscariot this morning. And I believe most of us can fall into any category in the Bible of different characters, but Judas Iscariot is one of those guys that many can fall into his character or into his category of Judas Iscariot. Let me make it more clearly clear to you. See, Judas Iscariot was a man chosen by Jesus Christ. Let's get that right. Judas Iscariot was a man who was chosen by Jesus Christ. He formed part of Jesus' team, the 12 men that were around Jesus. He was part of that team. Judas Iscariot heard the greatest preaching ever, ever 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 preached he heard the greatest teaching from the greatest teacher judas iscariot he saw water turning to wine he saw bread feeding 5000 he saw blind eyes opened up he saw the lame walking judas iscariot saw all of these wonderful wonderful things So if Judas Iscariot was alive today, guess where he'd be? He'll be in church. Not only would he be in church, he might be one of the leaders in the church. Judas Iscariot will be sitting where you are this morning. In fact, he could be preaching where I am this morning. Judas Iscariot, if he was alive today, will fit in very, very well. Makes me laugh, you know, when you see films like um, Jesus of Nazareth or the Son of God or the Passion, Mel Gibson's Passion. When you watch films like that, before anyone opens their mouth, you know who Judas Iscariot is, don't you? He's a guy with eyes too close together, you know. He's a guy with a long pointed nose. He's a guy with a black hair and and a shady clothes. He's always in the shadows. And before you know, you say, there's Judas Iscariot. And that's what happens in all these films. But, you know, the truth of the matter is, no one knew that Judas was Judas. He was like everyone else, all the 12. And so I'm going to uncover Judas. And my subheading is uncovering false Christians. Because let's be honest, Judas Iscariot, although he was part of the 12, he wasn't a saved, born-again man. But he was part of Jesus' twelfth. Let's look at this together and see how we go. Three things I want to say about Judas Iscariot. The first thing I want to say is about him being self-centred. <coughs> Judas was being self—he's a very self-centred man. If you want go to um, John's Gospel, chapter 12, we have in John's Gospel a time when Jesus went into a house. And while he was in this house, a woman called Mary came in. And this is what she did. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. I like this bit. And the house was filled with a fragrance of her perfume. In other words, the house was filled it was all about Jesus. And as she poured this perfume on Jesus, the, 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 the place was smelling sweet because of the perfume that was on Christ. That's about worshiping Jesus. That's about honoring Jesus. That was about putting Jesus first. And yet, Judas was there and he was not concerned about honoring Jesus. In fact, he was more concerned about honouring himself. He was more concerned about being first. You know, Phil said that prayer in his, um, in his prayer when he was praying. John the Baptist says, I must, he must increase and I must decrease. That's what John the Baptist said. But Judas will turn around and turn that around. He would say, he must decrease and I, Judas, must increase. No, Judas was a man more concerned about himself. Now, how did that show itself? Well, it showed itself like this. Look at this. But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. You see, Judas was saying that this money could be used, but the Bible goes on to say, and I haven't got it on the screen, but it says this. He did not say this because he cared about the poor. See, Judas had a problem. Judas had a secret sin in his life, Judas had a sin that was deliberate. A sin that was willful. A sin that he liked to do. What was that sin? Well, let's look at it in the Bible. Look what it says here. It says in um, verse 6. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bank, he used to help himself to what was put in it. That's what Judas You guys so graciously put your money in the money bag here. Can you just imagine? You see me putting my hand in there and taking out a few tens and twenties and going home. That is what Judas did in secret. He made sure nobody saw him. He made sure nobody put his finger on him. But Judas was able to have a secret, deliberate sin that caused him. To do what he wanted to do. That was Judas. And the reason why he was like that, because he was so full of himself. He was self-centered. Listen. Secret sins. Sins you do in private. Sins that you know. No one else knows about, but you know this thing that I'm talking about, you know your own, your own issue. Where these willful, deliberate sins will cause you to run from Christ. Will cause you to say to Christ, you must come smaller in my life and I, myself, must be exalted. It's all about me. You know, it's really annoying when you meet someone who likes speaking about themselves. I don't know if you meet people like that. I know a person like that. When I see her coming, I want to walk the other way. And when she comes, she comes up to me and, and she starts telling me all about herself. And I get this thing, and it's a very ungodly thought, but I'll, I'll share my sins with you. And I, I get this thinking, and she says to me, you know, I doing this and I'm doing that. And I said to myself, if she says I again, I'm going to poke her in the eye. <laughs> Not very godly, is it? <laughs> but you know, it's all about self. And when you talk about self, you are then inclined to do and to have secret, deliberate, willful sins that you are engaging in. Because it's all about you. Now, I like what a psalmist says. Look what the psalmist says. He, he says in Psalm 19, praying, he cries out to God, keep your servant from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me. Don't let them rule over me. Don't let them have dominion over me. Lord, keep your servant from deliberate sins. That's what the psalmist cries out. So many Christians to cry out that prayer as well this morning. Oh God almighty, keep me from willful sins. Keep me from deliberate sins. Keep me from the secret sins that I do and no one knows nothing about it and I can't wait for that time. Lord, keep me from willful sins. If you don't pray that prayer and if you carry on like Judas Iscariot did, he had a secret willful sin. Look what the Bible says in Proverbs. It says, whoever conceals his sins does not prosper. Whoever conceals hides. They know they're doing something wrong. They know that they are going the wrong way. And yet instead of being open and honest with Christ, they conceal their sin. The Bible says, you will not prosper. You will not rise up. In fact, you will go down. You will not prosper. Judas Iscariot is alive today, you know, my friends. Many people across our nation sitting in churches have the same spirit of Judas. They are self centered and they are holding on to willful, deliberate, secret sins. Mm. Let's move on. Judas was self-centered. But also, there's something else what happened. There was an escape plan laid out for Judas, an escape plan. You know, two of my favorite actors, they are drawing their pension now. Um, Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger, they're both like almost, well, they're both 70 roughly, but there you go. They still consider themselves to be action hero men. But they starred in a film called... um, escape plan where there were two guys trying to escape from a maximum security prison Judas Iscariot was in a prison of his own making he was in a prison of his own choosing and as he was in that prison of secret, deliberate, willful sinning as he was in that prison of self-centeredness And I, I, I must increase. As he was in that prison, guess what? Jesus gives him an escape plan. Let's look at it, shall we? It happened at the Last Supper. Some of you might remember that in the Bible. The Last Supper, Jesus sits around and all the disciples are with him around the table. In fact, it wasn't a table that we'd know it. It was probably more like laying on the floor and, and there was food spread out before them. And, 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 and it's the Last Supper. And Jesus, we read this about Jesus. Before anything else, this is what Jesus said. Look at what he says. We find it in John 13, 21. After he said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified. Very truly, I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. Now, look at this again. Jesus was, the Bible says, was troubled in spirit. In other versions, it says he was deeply troubled. Other versions says that he was in great distress. Another version says that he was powerfully and emotionally moved. So before he said, one of you is going to betray me, he stood there or he sat there and his face was filled with grief his heart was overcome with distress and sorrow everyone must have seen his face everyone must have realised that he's distressed that he's filled with great emotional pain he didn't sit back and say oh guys, listen, one of you are going to betray me but listen, just go ahead, you know it's going to be cool no The Bible says he was in great anguish. Judas must have seen his face. Judas must have seen his distress. Judas must have seen the pain that was in Christ's heart. The escape plan was being laid open before him. Listen, Judas, you don't have to do this. Listen, Judas, you don't have to go that way. Look at my heart for you. Look at the sorrow you're causing me. Look at the distress in my heart. You do not have to, is the plea. But what do we read in the Bible? Jesus said, it's the one to whom I will give this bread, piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. Then dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. So Jesus told him, what you're about to do, do quickly. As soon as he took the bread, Satan entered him you see what started listen to me what started off as a secret sin what started off as just dipping my hand into the offering bag every now and again but no one knows what started off as something really small becomes a doorway for saints to come in hear what i'm saying to you this morning what started off as something you say, I won't tell anyone I'm doing this. i do it in private. i do it in secret. I'll look forward to it. It's my sin. I will continue to do it as long as I live. What will happen is that you open up a doorway into your heart for every unclean, filthy, ungodly spirit to take a hold of you. Listen to me good. Do not play with sin. Do not play with sin. You may think that I will get out of it easily. I've known people who try drugs thinking, I'll just try drugs. I'll get out very quickly. Do not play with sin. We said on Thursday at our prayer group, sin will keep you longer you want to stay sin will take you further than you will want to go and sin will cost you more than you want to pay you know I can remember um, I told you before I ran a small security company and we was over in Tottenham Court Road and had some guys working in the um, Burger Kings out that way and I was every week I was going up that way to see these guys, and I come across a homeless man. And this homeless young man, is 27, 28 years of old, I think his name was um, um, Tony. I got talking to him. And uh, I thought, speaking to him, I said, you know, you must be hungry. So every time I go into Burger King, I get three burgers, and three fries, and three coffee, three drinks. I put on about three stone when I was working in that store. But um, I um, grabbed hold of the food, bring it out, and I gave it to him every single week. And then one Friday I came back and I saw him again and I said to him, um, you know, listen, you know, I, I run a small company and, you know, we've got guys working in London and, and they, they, they staying a, in, a, in, a, in a house. We've got a house that we rent out or got people in that home. I can give you a job. I can give you accommodation. I can, you know, give you a salary. You don't have to stay on the streets. And he looked at me and he said, you know, I think about it. <laughs> I was taken back by that. I thought I'd be my good Samaritan, you know, doing a good thing. I think about it. So I said, okay, you think about it, you know, I'll be here next week. So next week, I came back and sure enough, the guy was there sitting on the curb and I came up to him they told him, you know, you thought about it, you know, there's a job going, there's some security uniform, there's a place I can put you in, what do you say? He goes to me, you know what? No, thank you. And I walked away from him stunned. But I thought to myself, he's in the gutter, on the pavement, every single week. It's 20 years ago. I don't know. He could be dead by now. I do not know. But the fact is that he remained in that place, remained in that place of complete filth and, 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 and sadness without wanting to get up. We won't want to walk away, even though there was an escape for him. You see, my dear friends, sin can keep you in a gutter too long. And when you should be getting up, when you should be walking, because the Lord Jesus Christ put his hands out to pull you up, when you should have been pulled up, you stay where you are. Judas Iscariot is in the house this morning. Many men and women here this morning should be walking with Christ. But instead, they're in that place. They're in that place of not moving. There's a story of a woman in Mexico. This woman in Mexico, she had she brought up her son all by herself. He was he was he's 14 years of age, he was a single mum, and she brought up her son single-handedly. But as the son grew up, he wanted to go out into the streets because he saw that the kids his own age was making money running drugs. They were called gangbangers. You know, they were guys who just carry guns or weapons or knives. And, and he saw that. And, you know, he started hanging out with the kids on the streets. It's just a true story. He started hanging out with the kids on the streets. And so his mother, uh, one Saturday night, his mother stood by the door and said to him, son, don't go out there. Don't go outside with the gang members, the gang bangers. Don't go out there. And the son said, Mom, please, get out of the way. I'm going out. And the mom says, Son, please, I'm begging you. You're my only son. You know, I cried. I wept over you. I, I, I fed you. I clothed you. Son, don't go out there. Because, Mom, get out of the way. I'm, I'm going out. I said, Son, you're not going over my dead body. You're not going out there. And his son grabbed his mother and threw her on the floor and stepped over her and went out into the night. It's a true story. You know, Christ will say to you, you're not going to hell. You are not going there. You are not going over my dead body. No one goes to hell, says Jesus. And if you go to hell, you go over my dead body. I will stand even at the gateway of hell and I will beg you and I will plead you. And I will say, don't go there. You do not have to die. That's what Christ will say. But so often, people will push Christ right out of the way. Step over his body and go the way they want to go. Judas Iscariot had an escape plan and Jesus gave him that escape plan and it's one today. Look at what he says in 1 John. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just and he will forgive you of your sins and he will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's the escape plan right there. You do not have to go the way of secret, deliberate sins all your life. No, no, no. Jesus has said, I've got an exit door right there. It's written, salvation. If you go through it by confessing your sins, I am faithful. I am just. And I will forgive you. And I will cleanse you. From all unrighteousness. Judas Iscariot had an escape plan, but he took the bread Satan entered him and he went out. Let's close this message with um, my final heading, which is regret. Unfortunately, Judas didn't see the distress in Jesus' face, he didn't see the anguish in Jesus' voice, he didn't see none of these things. He went away and he betrayed Jesus with a kiss. That kiss was a sign to the soldiers that Jesus was the man. When it came at night time, they needed to know which one was the one to be arrested. That kiss identified who Jesus was. And with that kiss, the soldiers led Jesus away to be crucified. Judas, the one who wanted to increase and wanted Jesus to decrease. Judas, the one who wanted money and title. Judas, the man who had secret, deliberate, and willful sins in his life, now has what he wanted. Judas had a title for himself. Judas Iscariot, I've got a name. That name still rings true 2,000 years We still know who Judas Iscariot is. He had a name. Judas Iscariot got what he wanted. He had money. He had 30 pieces of silver. He had money. Judas Iscariot got what he wanted. Jesus gone. No longer around. No longer with me. He is gone. I've got a name. I've got money. And Jesus is gone. You would have thought he'd be the most happiest man around, wouldn't you? You would have thought he would have been walking on air. Jesus is gone. I've got a name. I've got money. But what do we read? Matthew's Gospel tells us. Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, one of the twelve. And Judas went to the chief priest and the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. They were delighted and agreed to give him money. When Judas, had, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. I have sinned, he said, for I have betrayed innocent blood. What is that to us, they replied. That's your responsibility. So Judas threw the money into the temple and left. Then he went away and hanged himself. When I read these words, I often ask myself the question why didn't he go back to Christ? Why didn't he go back? Didn't he know that Jesus forgives sinners? Wasn't he there when Jesus told a woman who caught in adultery? She said, No one, sir, then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. But didn't he know that Jesus said that to a woman caught in adultery? Didn't he know that Jesus said to another man who was paralyzed, Son, Son, your sins are forgiven. Why didn't he go back to Jesus? Why didn't he go back to Christ? Why go to the chief priest? Why go to those empty-headed men and confess his sins to them? Why didn't he go to Christ himself? I often ask myself that question. He should have known... That Christ knows all things. because The Bible says nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. God knows everything. He knows Jesus' sin. He knows your sin. You might think it's secret. You might think no one knows. But I want to tell you God knows. No need to go running away from God. He knows already. You might as well run towards him. Telling him that you need his forgiveness. Not like Judas who ran the other way. Judas Iscariot is still alive and well today, my friends. Men and women are constantly running the opposite way. Why didn't he go back to Christ? Instead, he hanged himself. Oh, that Easter egg. I almost forgot that Easter egg. (laughs) Me and Grant are going to go back in the back room together and sort this Easter egg out by ourselves with no children allowed. But, you know, when I open up this Easter egg, I discover something that reminds me. You see, you know that Easter is not about chocolate, don't we? But when I open up this Easter egg... I found a cross. I found a cross. It's an old cross. It's a rugged cross. But it's a cross that speaks about forgiveness. You see, in the Easter story always lies this one truth. If you want to do business with God come to the cross. If you want to do business with Jesus, come to the cross. Leave the deliberate, secret, wicked sins. We all fall by sin. We all sin in different ways. But there's a deliberate sin like Judas had. A willful sin that Judas had, which is different to just making mistakes along the way. Don't go his way, but come. Come to the cross. Because it's there where Jesus makes sinners his friends. It's there where sinners are forgiven and made whole. Come to the cross. We spoke about Judas Iscariot. Next week, we're going to speak up somewhere else. Hopefully, you'll be here but I'm praying that the spirit of Judas will not be your portion. That you will turn away from that and seek Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I bow before you in prayer. So sad to read what happened to Judas. So sad that he, his beginning was so wonderful. His beginning was so tremendous. He was chosen by Jesus. He walked with Christ for those three years. What a wonderful beginning. But oh God, we look at the end and we see a man full of remorse, full of regret, and yet go into the wrong place. Go into the wrong place to pour out his regret. Go into the wrong place to pour out his remorse. Go into the wrong place to say, sorry, I've sinned. He went to the wrong place. He's returned and gone back to the one whose face was filled with anguish and pain. He's gone back to the one who was distressed in his spirit and deeply moved, should come gone back to him and spoke to him and said to him, I have sinned. Pardon me. I have delivered innocent blood to the authorities. He's not guilty. Pardon me. Father, my prayer is, That many here today, whether we've been Christians for a month or for 30 years, I pray that we will come to you. And with a psalmist, we will cry out, Oh God, keep your servant from deliberate sins. Oh God, keep me from willful, secret, presumptuous sins. Keep me, oh God. That I might come to Christ on a regular basis knowing that I'm dealing with Him in honesty. I'm dealing with Him with transparency. I'm dealing with Him sincerely. God, I pray that You will come and do a work in us. Pray that every Judas spirit will be cast far away from us and Your Holy Spirit will reside deeply within everyone. Fill us, Lord, we pray for Jesus' sake. Amen.